Notice if like standing by this tree and putting your hand on the bark of the tree, if you feel titillated or turned on by that in some way. Is there something about nature that titillates you? For me, it's just like my feet in the ocean, closing my eyes and just being there, you know, like I feel it in my entire body, like not just, I I allow it to come up from my feet, uh, you know, and just sort of like rise up through my entire body, through all my chakras. And I feel connected to the entire world when I'm doing that. But first, a word from our sponsors. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Beducated.com, the masterclass platform to perfect your techniques, whether you're working on penis massage or anal orgasms. Use promo code MANHOR to get 40% off their annual membership locked in for life at Beducated.com. That's Beducated, B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com, promo code MANHOR. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the ecosexuals, the sapiosexuals, the sapphosexuals, and the fiscal sexuals. That last one is when I just wrap a $100 bill around my cock and beat it. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, does capitalism make you wet? Mm, girl, log off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm way too jazzed for a Tuesday morning in a monkeypoxed city, but here we are. This week on the show, I have got on Stephanie Weiss talking about ecosexuality and sex-based environmentalism. We got a note for AOC and Lizzie if they're listening. Been waiting to get her on for quite some time, so I'm very excited to share this conversation with y'all in a little bit. But first, uh, yeah, monkeypox. I'm officially freaked out. As someone who uh, frequently attends group sex events where I may or may not be rubbing up against or nearby uh, men who have sex with other men or play with women who have sex with men who have sex with men, uh, officially freaked by the monkeypox. I'm not going to attempt to uh, inform y'all too much because I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. What do I know? But I am going to put some links in the show notes. And if you have not been following this new outbreak, please read. Okay, as a as Dan Savage said in an emergency Savage Lovecast last Wednesday. Yeah, I said Wednesday. I've been listening to that show for over a decade. The man's never gone out of schedule. But he was like, you bitches need to pull your pants up for three weeks. And if you have the ability to get a, a monkeypox vaccine, which is very safe, please get it. It's not like new and experimental. We have had these vaccines for like a very long time. We just usually don't need them. But here we are. Uh, also, here we are in August. That's rude. Why? Why? Why is it August? 
It was April, like just yesterday. I was in I was in Jamaica in January. That didn't feel like too long ago. Oh my. But you know what August does bring is uh football's coming back up. And uh, you know, we do have a fan whore fantasy football league we're trying to fill up again. So if you're interested, we do a $30 buy-in for the league. Shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com if you're interested. Shoot me that email ASAP. We plan to uh, draft at the end of the month. See, I made that whole sports ball part really short. I know who my audience is. I know there's not a lot of jerseys among my listeners. I, I, at least I have a good feeling. I watched this movie uh, a few nights ago. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. It's called Good Luck Leo Grand. It's on Hulu starring Emma Thompson. Uh, and this young guy is like a new talent type. And it's about an, uh, an older woman, a widow, who hires a male escort. And it highlighted a lot of like the anti-sex work talking points in a similar way that I try to debunk shit when I see dumb things said on Twitter, which is just like, why can't I sell my dick? So Emma Thompson's character, you know, she keeps throwing all these uh, these alarmist questions or concerns his way. Oh my, are you being trafficked? Do you feel exploited? Do you feel disrespected? Do you secretly have a bunch of trauma? Like, were you molested? All the and and he, he's just got smooth ass answers to everything. For one thing, we don't normally think about you know male escorts when we think about sex workers, and especially not male escorts who get hired by women. And when I see discourse on Twitter here and there, and people are talking about trafficking and you know how sex work is demeaning and no one should be able to do that, and I go like. They're, they're always thinking about women and girls. And since we don't make laws based on gender, or at least we're not supposed to, I just keep going back to like, why can't I sell my dick? Are you worried about me getting trafficked or whatever? Okay, so then sex work's not the issue. Sounds like scary men is the issue. <laughs> Which, by the way, the, the, the movie also points out, hey, women be scary too. I got those stories as well. I think this might be one of the best movies of the year. Uh, I think it nailed... Sex work. Good luck, Leo Grand. It's on Hulu. But an upcoming movie night I'm excited to announce is our third ever hot movie night. Yes, I want you all to save the date. I want you to put it in your iCal, your GCal, a post a note on your computer screen, whatever you do. I don't know, write down your arm if you're like me. August 25th, that's a Thursday night, August 25th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We're having another hot movie night for my Patreon community in the Champagne Room. Hot movie night is a a special monthly event we've been doing in the Champagne Room, which is our Discord server, free to join at manhorpod.com slash Discord. Link in the show notes. But once a month, we've been uh, watching porn together in a patron-only channel in the Champagne Room. It's been very fun. It's kind of like mystery science theater, but horny. My main rule is, uh, you know, no genitals on your screen and no talking during the dialogue, okay? There is a plot I'm trying to follow here. We've been watching narrative-driven, character-developing retro porns. So your first step is to save the date in your calendar, August 25th, 10 p.m. Eastern. Second step is to join the champagne room. There's a link in the show notes. Discord is fucking awesome. And then the third step is you need to become a member of the Patreon community. You need to be a part of Fanhorn Nation. So you can join us for the hot movie night for just 
$2 at patreon.com slash podcast. We would love for you to watch some porn with us later this month. One person I hope will be joining us is the recipient of this week's fan whore appreciation moment. Hey, I want to give a shout out right now and a big old sloppy wet thank you to Isaac Villalobos. Isaac, thank you for supporting the man whore podcast with your doll hairs. I hope you are not the Isaac Villalobos who recently was convicted of manslaughter. Um, but if if you are, then like, hey, thank you for sending me some of your commissary money to support the show when you could have used that to buy, I don't even know how many fruit cups. So thank you for your membership. I hope you're possibly a different guy. And I hope I'll be seeing you and hearing from you on August 25th at the Hot Movie Night. One more time, you can support the podcast you love and gain access to wonderful sex-positive community at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T. R-E, you know the letters, O-N dot com slash man the whore podcast. It's just man whore podcast. Why am I being weird? Man whore podcast, not man the whore podcast. Man the whore is, that sounds like like, uh, the Twitter handle of a bot pretending to be me, which I hear is the sign of making it when, when bots are pretending to be you. Anyways, uh, this week's guest is not a bot. She's very real, talking about real issues like the fact that dildos don't recycle. Did y'all not realize this? It's a problem. Why is that not in the Green New Deal? We're going to talk about it. Stephanie Weiss, I've been following her for many years. I love her on Twitter, not just for what she shares about ecosexuality, but mm, Love a good, uh, yeah, love a good feminist or political ranter. Uh, and Stephanie, uh, on occasion, is both those things. I am going to just give y'all a heads up. Uh, Stephanie uh, requested, due to uh, BA5 being in the house, she uh, requested that we we do the recording outdoors. So she picked a nice little park in the West Village, and you will, from time to time, hear some sounds of New York City. Nothing that like should really interrupt your flow of listening, but like you'll hear some birds chirping. You might hear a car drive by once in a blue moon, but it's uh, it, it's an appropriate environment to talk to the eco lady. But I also didn't want y'all to to be confused. Anyways, let's go talk about some inconvenient truths with Stephanie Weiss. It's the vibrator that has no equal, and now Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine. The Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Now let's get to the show. Well, well, Stephanie Weiss, hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you as well. Yeah, I think this is a very appropriate setting for like the eco-sex lady to also talk about like in a nice little park in the West Village where all these beautiful flowers and dedicated benches for dead people, you know. (laughs) Uh, and we can smell the beautiful greenery and it's really, really nice. Yeah. I most I remember when I first reached out to you, I was like, hey, I just learned that dildos don't recycle. Yeah. What are we doing about it? Yeah, nothing. Does he know? I don't know. Does anybody have an answer? I don't, I don't know. think he knows. You don't know? What's the question? Oh, you do you know that like you can't recite there's no recycling plan for vibrators. Really? You never thought about it? Thrown in the landfill. Well, you learn something new every day. They're just sitting there. It's just gonna be like roaches. And like bad jelly vibes, like when the world ends. Okay, right. That bothers me. Okay. Write your congressman. <laughs> we got we got to get a plan. What is war, I know, we need war? to go out and tell the world that, about this. It's important. Yeah, does Lizzie have a plan for that? You know, our girl Lizzie? I, I heard you're a Warren stan. Oh, I love her. I, I, I adore her. She's not my only favorite, but no. I would go to AOC with this. You would? I feel like she would be, you know... She would be cool with it. Like, she would have the conversation. Well, she'd be cool and have a conversation, and she would, like, know about the various vibrators we're talking about, but I feel like Lizzie would know, like, how, like, institutionally what to do. Oh, oh, yes. Ideally, I would have them both in on the conversation. You, I mean, um, remember that, like, that that rumor that was out there? They were trying to tank Warren's campaign. Yes, by be because like, of her husband's legs, right? Was that what it was? No, was she, that, you tell me. Oh, God, she, no, she had, she, her, Bruce, her husband and his legs, she was like, well, you know, when I met Bruce, I instantly fell in love with him because he had great legs. And I was like, that's how I know she is my girl. <laughs> you like you like a guy with some leg? It's not it's not even that I'm a leg person. It's more that I was like, you know, that she was just telling us this information about her sexual predilections. I was like, thank you. Thank you, Liz. Well, during the during the, the 2020 primaries, they had there was a rumor got leaked out that um, Elizabeth Warren oh, cheated on her man with yes, some like yes, 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 marine. Yes. A sex worker. Was he a sex worker? Or was he? I don't remember, but I remember something. it's like he's a marine and buff and young, yes, and like I she remember. was into BDSM. And I'm like, what do you want us to vote for her twice? I know. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. I hope it's true. Yeah, it's like they're only making her cooler. Uh, I don't know why you think that's going to be like a low level thing. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. So that's my girl. So I don't know. I feel like her AOC come together. Yeah. Um, it should be a plank in the Green New Deal. It, it, it really should be. And I'm not even joking. And people have been working on it for years. Yeah. Um, there's a I think it's in Min- Minneapolis, um, a sex shop called Smitten Kitten. I don't know if it still exists, but when mm. I wrote Ecosex, um, that was the first place where I sort of, you know, did this research and found out about it. And they were trying to create 
a sex toy recycling kind of uh, venture. Um, and they kept running up against how difficult it was, you know, once you get to the landfill stage, even if you break them down and you, you know, submit them in different parts, it was just, they found it impossible. So they disbanded it. And they always, people get excited and start one and then it gets disbanded. Really? Yeah. I, what, what is it about dildos, vibrators, sex toys? Like, what is it about that? Like, we can't mash it down, melt it down, and create new recycled? It, I have a notebook in my bag right now that is, like, made from recycled paper. Right. I mean, it's because of the different component parts. Because the part, ideally, that touches your skin is, you know, body-grade silicone or, you know, some other not made of plastic with phthalates, right? right. Um, but inside the mechanism, there's going to be plastic. There's going to be metal. You know, you have to... The, the, they're mostly powered by USB now, right? So, like, all these components of the mechanics of it are made of different materials, and they're really difficult to take apart. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, it's on the manufacturers to begin to develop technology that they can be easily dismantled so they can be recycled in the main. Um, so I think, I want to say, I want to say Vice, um, some venture similar to Vice, a okay. journalist reached out to me maybe last year to cover it, and he basically was like, you know, he all his all his research you know, uncovered the same thing. No, really, like, there's no, there's nothing good happening here. <laughs> Still, after all this time, yeah. It's And so, so what that means for us as consumers mm -hmm. is basically when you're shopping for vibrators, make sure you get one that will last for 20 years. And those do exist, right? So you don't mm -hmm. have to keep... You know, you used to buy a vibrator and you would throw it away because it was a piece of shit that you bought in a sex shop in Times Square and, you know, and it was made of plastic and it was bad for your body and it was bad for the environment and it mm. would kink, you know, it would kink out. And now you can buy really good, well-made, a little bit more expensive, but mm. worth it, vibrators, all kinds of sex toys that will last a long time, thankfully. And not only are they a little more expensive, it's, you know, people go like, oh, it's more expensive. You can finance like everything now. Yeah. Like, like one of my longtime sponsors, MotorBunny.com, use promo code Manhor for $50 off. Uh, the Motor Bunny, you can finance it. It's like a, it's like an $1,100 vibrator. Yes. And, but like you can get your payments down like $15, $20 That's a like month. That's like the Rolls Royce. Right. Of sex toys, seriously, and, and I'm not making any money off of that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> and I have two of them. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, and so it's just like you can you can finance anything. Every yeah. like I, you want to. I've been to like a Best Buy, and they're like, "Do you want to finance this Bluetooth speaker for two dollars a month?" I'd be like, "I don't know who needs that." No, service. you can finance like lipstick now, which yeah. I think is not such a great trend. <laughs> like I feel like a lot of people are doing that. You know, I can't think of the name of it, but like whenever you go on any retail website, they're like, "Pay for this twenty thing and four payments you know it's Who, like, who's that hard pressed i mean i think there are some people that are that hard pressed in the world that we're living in right now but um but yeah i don't know if the that kind of financing is so good for us i feel like a lot of people are running into debt because like they mm -hmm. you know interests on something like that and then they don't pay it and yeah. they do it you know during a month when it's lean and then next month they're like oh shit i'm in all this debt well i what the one of the ways i've done ad reads for the motor bunnies i said finance it just for the potential repo man situation in the future, <laughs> right? You just want to you want to record that. Yeah. You want to like make a video of that and put that up on t TikTok when they're coming for your. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude with a clipboard and just like a beige vest. He's just like, yeah, I'm here for a fuck machine. <laughs> I 
would love to see that. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> it, it, so it's just wild. So, but so yeah. So we were saying one of the things we can do is just like, yeah, get something a little better. Yeah. It's going to feel a little pricier. Yeah. It's a do your research kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you just look at reviews, see what people say. Mm-hmm know your body, know what you like to feel what kind of stimulation you like and then invest in it. Yeah. Um, and I would say also, you know, on the eco-friendly um, sex toy, you know, front, um, you know, it's not just, it's not just toys with vibration, but they're glass and wood dildos, you know, those are recyclable, mm-hmm. right? So you can get those too. Those are a lot of fun. I think Shock Rubs is one of those. Shock Rubs is another one. Yeah. I love that brand. Yeah. I think I had, the, I had the, the owner on for a bonus episode many years back of yeah. uh, Vanessa, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, talked about all the stones and the, I was like, that obsidian. I was like, I'm, what's that about? What, uh, yeah. what energy am I harnessing yeah. with an obsidian butt plug? I'd like to find out one I day. love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, how'd you get so interested in such things? How did, so this goes back a long way. Um, so like I've always been a hippie, as you can kind of see. Okay. And um, I, you know, have been um, environmentally aware since college, like my first, you know, Earth Day, sophomore mm-hmm. year of college in, uh, you know, in Central Park. Like you saw I, Inconvenient Truth and you were like, we got to make science. This was before Inconvenient <laughs> Truth. I am old as fuck so um so anyway (laughs) um i you know have always always um you know been an environmentalist and and you know have been thinking about climate change for many many years Mm -hmm. and um and you know and always was kind of like the person amongst my friend group who everyone came to with sex questions like you know this is b- long and it's because you were putting off like hippie vibes. Is that why? Because there's think- always there's always that friend, but there's something about that friend that makes them think. Like in college, a lot of kids would come up to me and like because they thought I could get like I knew where you could get like hard drugs. Right. <laughs> I didn't do. I mean, I smoke pot now, but like I didn't even smoke pot that I didn't do any drugs. Right. And they were just like, like, "That's the guy." What was it about That's me the guy that gave like bigger energy? <laughs> like that dude knows. I had a kid ask me for where I could get her- like where you could get heroin. What did you say to him? I was like, I mean, one, I was like, what the fuck about me made you think I know where to get that? And two, <laughs> let me text somebody and see what I can find. It's like, like, yes, I knew someone I could text who could text somebody, but also like, why me? That's I don't hilarious. put off that energy. I thought, right. I don't know. Maybe I look always coked out. I don't get it. <laughs> so you, you, but people were like, we go to Stephanie for the sex Always, questions. always, you know, like it was just the, that was just what evolved. I think it's just because I was brought up in a way where I was, you know, we, we talked openly about mm-hmm. like, you know, the body, like there was not a lot of shame in my household. Mm-hmm. So it was always easy for me to talk about. Are you so- from California? No, I'm from Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. Long Island. Okay. Just a nice Jewish girl from Long Island. Well, that, um, first of all, my parents were true hippies. Like my oh. parents owned a head shop in the 60s and 70s. So that may be part of it. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but then they moved to the suburbs and they were just kind of like regular people and got real jobs. But um, but anyway, no, I was raised, you know, in this way where there was no like we called body parts what they were and, you know, had open conversations, which is not you know, maybe like more religious Orthodox Jews, that's far less common, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, just like regular, you know, liberal Jews. So anyway, so I was that person from my friend group. And, um, and these two things just sort of in making my living as a writer for a long time. And these two things sort of just converged at one point where I was like, you know, like all of my friends who are finally now having some kind of environmental consciousness, you know, like they're like, maybe I'll buy an electric car or like, you know, here's my like, you know, 
you know, not a plastic bag tote. You know what I mean? Like people were starting to think about it. It was becoming culturally, maybe it was trendy. I don't know. But Mm. I was noticing that people were paying attention to the environment a little bit more. And that pleased me. Mm. And then I started asking questions like, but what about your lube? What about the lube? Like, tell me about what kind of lube you use. Like, tell me, you know, tell me about the sex toys that you use. And I just started looking at all of this and realizing at the time, and this was like, you know, the late aughts, right? Like, so this is like, you know, 2008, nine, when I, when I, um, started researching this book and pitched this book and and I found that there was this glaring omission um you know and like you could be environmentally friendly in all these ways but you know when it came to um your sex life you know the things that you needed to buy to facilitate your sex life these options didn't really exist there was like one organic lube on the market um and now it's completely changed right and you know and also it's in vogue now it is. It is. I mean, there are so many organic loops now that, like, I'm not even yeah. aware of all of the different brands. Like, and I was tracking it for many years, more right. and more all the time. So, yeah. So that's kind of how I came to it. I was like, oh, this is a, this is one arena in environmentalism that mm. is not yet covered. And it's not covered because, like, we're so uptight about sex in the first place. Yeah, precisely. Like, there's a big problem, but it involves sex shit. So it's like, I, we'll just let it keep being a problem. Whether Precisely. it's like, you know, the, the uh, environmentally unfriendly dildos or like sexual assault. They'll be like, oh, but that oh, we could address, we could fix it. But we'd have to talk about that thing that makes me feel weird. Exactly. And that was, and that was, yeah, I wanted to just smash yeah. that shame. Um, so I figured that would be a good way to do it. So that's how the book was born. Um, and, you know, but, you know, the, the eco-sexual movement is far more than just like what I cover, you know, in the book, which is holistic sexuality. Um, like, you know, how to have sex in a green way, in an mm. environmentally friendly way. Um, I became friends even before my book came out with Annie Sprinkle. I was going to bring her up. Yeah, Oof. who was like my long time like hero who I knew of and studied in like, you know, feminist art classes in college. She walked into my um, she, my publisher is in San Francisco, mm. and of course, and <laughs> she walked into the office and like gave them some stickers that said like you know ecosexual and and she said and my editor emailed me and said Annie Sprinkle was here and you know wants to talk to you so then we traded emails and and um, and then she and her partner Beth and I all became friends and we've done events mm. together um, they're amazing they're doing this weekend wedding a wedding to fire. This is this whole other beautiful part of ecosexuality yeah. that I hadn't hadn't conceived of when I thought that I would, you know, that writing this book was a good idea. Yeah. So it was nice to to have my mind blown open that way. <laughs> and, and when you were doing all that research, like, do you remember when you first just became even cognizant of like there were things at large going on? Do you remember like one of the early things that like blew your mind? You were like, what the fuck? Whew. I mean, the, 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 going, I mean, I, it may seem boring, but like the lube thing really, really did blow my mind. Like that it was just. What's wrong with the lubes? Well, at the time, this is no longer the case, but at the is time. Is my Uber lube okay? 
What? Is my Uber Lube okay? Uber Do I have Lube to feel is bad? Uber Lube is good for silicone. Okay. You know, I mean, it's like you know, for those uses, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's not my personal favorite. Like, ideally sure. for me, organic, aloe-based. You know, but it depends on what you're doing. I mean, I'm well, well for you know for masturbation. I just I don't want to feel guilty. No reason to feel guilty. <clears throat> yeah, no reason it's like to feel guilty. Already, I already find I took the guilt out of the masturbation already. I don't need to uh, put it back in with what type of lube I've got. So it's like I'll switch. I don't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, if it's if it's for just for masturbation purposes, using an aloe-based organic lube is is probably better for your what about body. Coconut oil. Coconut oil is great. Sick. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. yeah. It's great. That's, that's I mean. The fave. The only issue with coconut oil is like, you know, how far it has to travel in terms of its environmental footprint because we don't grow coconuts okay, really so here like be, on the mainland. If I want to get even more conscious about it, I got to find as locally sourced coconut oil as possible. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to find locally sourced coconut oil in New York. But okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's all it's all like a good, better, best kind of game that you're playing when you tr- when you're trying to make the mm-hmm. best choice. And I want to say this, like my caveat to all of this, like this is like consumer level environmentalism which is what most of us can even do in the first you know right and i mean like what matters more is what the motherfuckers in washington do or don't do let us pray on joe manchin telling us the truth about what he's said he's doing this week and kristen cinema agreeing to doing it so we Mm -hmm. can get somewhere but my point is that you know is that what they do, what, 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 you know, petrochemical, you know, uh, corporations do, what Exxon does, what yeah. all of those companies, what Saudi Arabia does, what they do matters more than what we do at the consumer level. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, putting it on us is like a way of making us feel guilty and responsible. And we forget about what that big factory is spewing out there. So do you think that by talking about environmentalism through these sex-based topics, you're like sprinkling a bit of sexy on an otherwise unsexy topic of environmentalism that maybe gets people to pay attention? Totally. Of course. That's like they what don't I was care thinking. about the dolphins, but like, well, vibrators, okay, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I believe that mm. my work has brought some people into the fold who wouldn't have been in the fold mm-hmm. if I didn't make it. I mean, like, you know, it's a sex sells thing in a way, yeah. right? Like if I'm doing sex sells for good mm-hmm. <laughs> to make the planet safer, then yes. And, you know, and besides lube, like what sort of uh, shifts, adjustments consumer wise have you made in your life? Well, you know, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about your question again from a couple okay. of minutes ago. And the thing that the thing that I'm rem- I can't believe I didn't remember this before. But yeah, the, the thing that blew my mind more than anything else was less of a consumer based thing and more um, about our carbon legacy as human beings whenever mm. we have a child. It's something like nine. Are you about to talk about babies as pollution? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> but I'll say this. I mean, this is a big deal. This a lot is of like defensive parents listening right now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, this is you know, this is my decision. Your kid is garbage. Uh, no, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't say that's the guy. Behind I love me. all children. The children are our future, but there will be no future if we don't. Right? Like there will be no future for our sex lives or for our children if we don't fix this shit now. Right? right. Um, but yeah, no. But when I learned about like w- the whole concept of the carbon legacy like the amount of like metric tonnage that we all leave behind for every child that we have Mm -hmm. actually helped me decide not to have children Mm. i'm not even kidding i mean i think this was the biggest way that i was impacted by the research that i did i was i mean i was reading really depressing stuff about the inevitability of climate change and i was like oh so if i have a child in the next five years they will definitely be 
running from floods and fires and, you know, won't be able to live in live in the places where I was raised because mm. those places will be underwater. Shit. Yeah. There was that. And there was also like, OK, you know what? I'm I'm personally OK with not adding to uh, the, you know, metric uh, the 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 um, the tonnage of the of my you know my climate legacy, you know I could adopt. I would be happy to be a stepmom and like none of you those have things have happened. Vibes. Do you I have, really? You got some strong stepmom vibes, but like that, a good stepmom, not well, a mean that also, one. Like that also just might be Long Island. Uh, right, like, Long like, Island is like kind of step-mom. a huge stepmom vibe, <laughs> like as as a community. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would be like the benevolent stepmom that like mm-hmm. the actual mother would be jealous of because like the kids would really love me because okay. I'm like a good person. So you're Julia Roberts. <laughs> what movie is that? Stepmom. Oh, I've never seen that movie. Okay. So I don't know the reference. It's Julia Roberts versus Susan Sarandon, who is my queen. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, well, how old were you when you made that decision? I was, uh, you know, mid mid 30 like third i don't know the exact age but probably. like you were you were definitely in an age where you were kind of like i gotta start oh, yeah, deciding. Yeah, yeah i was like i'm gonna i was thinking about doing it mm. and then i was like you know i remember i remember where i was i was uh i was re i was re, i was at the beach i was sitting on the bench in long uh, on a bench in long beach mm. reading about climate change and um and i i was like oh you know what no I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. That's mm. when I made the decision. Yeah, just sitting there in that, and it was like, yeah, I'll be okay. I will be okay if I make that decision. I will not. I will not suffer. I could, you know, I could love any child that doesn't, you know, emerge from my womb. Mm. So I'm fine to make this decision. And a lot of people make the decision because they don't want to have children at all, and that all of these choices are are good choices. Yeah. How did it feel to make that call, though? It didn't, I didn't feel any grief. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. I, I get, I think, I think what I realized was that like I had the expectation that I would have like the average two kids just because that's how I was raised and how everyone I knew was raised. And it was like, it's what you do. Yeah. But I also think that something happens, um, psychologically where women, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, cishet women aren't really given that other option of not, having kids mm-hmm. as one among you know several options it's it's like you know well that's what we're supposed to do that's like, why we're here get one somehow i don't you know adopt steal it but like you know right have- you got to have one yeah. right um so i think i think that i somehow yeah i never really fell into that kind of like this is inevitable this is definitely you know my future so i never that's why i think i didn't feel the guilt okay or sadness or, you know, grief or whatever. I know that can be like a really difficult, you know, decision for uh, for various people. And especially when you not especially not when it's not like, oh, like I'm 20. I've decided this. But either like you're at an age where you feel like you biologically have to make that decision soon. Otherwise, the decision will be taken from you. Like biologically, in a way. Yeah, I mean, I had yeah. you know several abortions, and I I didn't feel mm. guilty at all. For, you know, like I don't have. I mean, you know, mm. um. I wasn't raised to feel guilt about those things, right? right? So um, your hippie head shop owning parents, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely. Well, um, they the- weren't like encouraging me to like you know go out and have have some abortions. They're like sad you're not a lesbian. Right? They're just like. <laughs> 
Uh, we thought we raised it right, but okay. <laughs> They're not those kind of hippies. I wish they were cool like that. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, yeah, I just didn't like, you know, the, my, I actually had my, my first abortion when I lost my virginity. Okay. And got pregnant and had an abortion. That was, that was a fun experience. Is <laughs> that high school, college? College. Sophomore okay. year of college. Yeah. Was yeah. That... But even, but even <laughs> what? Yeah. But even that, like, you know, like I didn't feel, I didn't feel grief or sadness. I just felt fear. It was like, oh shit, I have to have an operation. Okay. So you just, <laughs> you just fear of like, uh, like the similar thing that people have just when they go to a doctor, like I gotta go to the doctor. Yeah. I mean, who wants to like, you know, yeah. go under and have anesthesia and feel uncomfortable and you know. All that kind of thing. Yeah. Did you get yeah. any like robot blocks or pushback at all from that? F- from who? F- from the first one, whether it was from uh, the the father or, I mean, it sounds like your parents were no, like, he was yeah, con- fucking what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, I didn't tell my parents right away, actually. I think mm. I felt, I don't, I don't, I don't fully understand why I didn't tell them right away. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, my boyfriend at the time, who I was, you know, who I love, like, I waited until I was a sophomore in college Cute. to lose my virginity. So, um, uh, we were in love and he was, he was great about it. He was really good about it. Yeah. Uh, and he was Irish Catholic and he was great about how, it. <laughs> and just, just for the young men possibly listening. Yes. And uh, well, why am I qualifying for any of the men listening? Yes. How was he good about it? Yeah, um, he went with me to Planned Parenthood when I I got my official test, although I already knew that I was pregnant mm-hmm. um, from a home test. Um, yeah. And he, you know, took me to the, t- paid for it, took me to the abortion clinic, mm-hmm. um, brought me roses. I mean, but, uh, you know, he and my friends came too. two of my friends joined right. us as well. I had so much support. Like right. I, I've, I've been thinking about this so much over the last couple of years. And especially since Roe was overturned, um, like the, how lucky I was that time to have just so much love and support around me, which not everybody has. Right. You know, and there's also a lot of guys who I think they think if I just don't if I just say, OK, they think that was being good about it. And I'm like, that was neutral. And I was like, guys, go give her a ride. Bring some, bring a flag. I, I brought up someone to get an IUD last year that I was, I was seeing. She was like, can you come pick me up? Last minute, I'm like, of course. And then like, I stopped. I got her strawberries because she likes strawberries. I got That's her lovely. flowers. I got her uh, chocolate. Is like, because I know she's going to be in pain. I'm like, I will, let's get... Right, that like, is exactly the way to do above. it. Go above. Do a yeah. little fucking extra, go above. people. Go above. Yeah. Go above. Yeah. Just, you know, be really, really kind and supportive and listen mm-hmm. and say, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, and if they don't have anything, then just bring something that is, it sounds Show nice. that you thought about. Even if you got the wrong thing, yeah. it shows like, I wanted to get the right thing. I'm just stupid. Right. Right. Which they'll be like, oh, that's, you know. Right. You'll exactly. get points for trying. We'll appreciate um, that. <laughs> are you, are you, do you have any, uh, what is your current relationship status? So uh, I'm currently single. Currently single? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you mingling or you, or be like, not, I am, not right now? You know, between COVID <laughs> and uh, the monkeypox, I am not mingling very much right now. I don't feel like I'm suffering. Um, you know, You're like I have all these eco, eco friendly ish vibrators. I so do. I have a shit ton <laughs> of eco, of eco friendly. I have a bunch I, of all natural lubes. Yeah. I got all the no, things I mean, take care. I, I mean, like during the time that I was writing the book and then the years afterwards, I got sent a ton yeah. of, of, Beautiful, beautiful sex toys. Some of which 
some of which are still boxed because mm. like I never got around to them. So right. yes. Um, it's like my second motor bunny that people <laughs> resent me for. Uh, you have two? I have two. I have oh one that I've used and then I, they've actually given me three, but the third one I auctioned off at a, at a, at the Brooklyn Sex Expo. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the second one's still Which in the year box. was that? I don't wonder if I was there. 2019. Oh, I, I was totally I there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I need something that would definitely like get emails and all that shit. I was on a Stormy Daniels tour bus, which was mm. parked in the, I don't know if you noticed that. She I, was parked in the, um, in the parking lot there, we we did a podcast ah. in her <laughs> on her tour bus. I did not notice. I was like in such a whirlwind. I was just because I was like you know operating a booth by myself. I was right. like crazy. Right. Uh, but no, I have two and one still in a box. But I, I keep it. I haven't sold it. I haven't given because I was like I have this fancy something I would love to do with a partner one day uh, when we're maybe like. On vacation and not in an apartment where you can rumble the entire building. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know they're very noisy. I would love to do like a like a dueling banjos. <laughs> it's like no, I'll be riding one, you ride one. We'll get each other's remotes. You know, do a little of that. I don't know. I just one day. Yeah, uh, so, so, that's, that's a got great dream to have. <laughs> um, yeah. So right now you feel you're not suffering. You're you're not. No, no, no. I'm not suffering. I mean, you know, like. I, yeah, I, I, without revealing too much of my private life, like, um, I'm not, I'm not out there dating, but mm. I'm, but I have someone, so I'm, okay. so, yeah. You've you've got you've got that need. I've got care. that. That's Th- all taken a, care of. There's a phone number. Yes. There's a phone number. Yes. Because I did see um, when I was like looking you up, like your old, like you are one of the earlier people who was writing about non-monogamy on the internet. I found like your oh, old yeah. Huffington Post. Uh, uh, column and you had a bunch of these articles about non-monogamy um, yeah. from a time period when people didn't even know that was a fucking word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of the early people to talk about that. Mm. Not because, not because I, I don't, I actually don't personally identify as, as a non-monogamy, um, you know, adherent, okay. but I, uh, adherent, like it's, like it's <laughs> Christianity. I'm, I'm like more of a, um, you know, serial monogamist, I would say. Oh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I was just very interested as, you know, as a journalist and, uh, um, sexuality, um, you know, person fascinated with sexuality, a sex writer, Mm -hmm. um, which is what I became after I wrote Ecosex. It's kind of led into this, you know, little kind of like mini career as a sex writer that I never expected to have writing columns and, um, non-monogamy was one of the, was one of the first topics that I was really excited to explore i read sex at dawn and i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god holy shit like you know when everybody was reading that in like 2010 or 11 whenever it came out whenever when everyone started reading it but didn't finish it (laughs) right i finished it yeah i I feel i feel about sex at dawn the way i feel about infinity jess like see someone on the train reading him like stop pretending like you're gonna finish (laughs) that's not happening right like you can get the gist in the first 20 pages right yo sex at dawn is dense (laughs) as shit So, yeah, so I I was, you know, very, very interested in that culture and felt as if people who participated in it were sort of like more evolved than I was. (laughs) And I was like, wow. What was your fascination with non-monogamy? And and what, what are those feelings of like, could I do this whole thing differently? I mean, I think it was just the whole like getting over jealousy thing that I was so fascinated by. Um, And, you know... I was less taken by the theory that, you know, we were, we were meant to be non-monogamous because of, you know, our, you know, 
genetic predisposition to it and, you know, and bonobos and all of that. Like, I found that really interesting. I didn't necessarily buy it, but I was really interested in the way that people processed it psychologically and that they felt that, I don't know, that they just like possessed so much love that they wanted to share it. Mm-hmm. You know, I found that notion really beautiful, like that their love was sort of like an ever expanding sea, you know, and they wanted to share it with everybody. Uh, an, uh, an infinite resource. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. And most people don't think of love that way and certainly not sex. And so did you like analyze like your views on jealousy? Because again, jealousy, like everyone, non-monogamous people, we experience jealousy too. It's just yeah. like, you know, we talk about it and we don't make that stop us from having fun at the thing. What did you learn about yourself uh, in, well, yeah. in reading and writing about that? I Well, what I, yes, that's such, such a great question. Um, I learned that I don't think that I'm really jealous the way a lot of women, cishet women, are kind of trained to be jealous mm-hmm. as if, you know, as if it is a finite resource, like, you know, like this whole like market of relationships. I never bought that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like you have to. Um, we have to sell ourselves. I mean, like even like, you know, predating dating sites, right? Like I realize that if I do possess jealousy, my jealousy is very, it's a like an animalistic kind of jealousy. Like, like if I'm walking down the street with my partner that I'm sleeping with and I see a woman look at him I'm like, I'll cut you, bitch, because I mount that man. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's basically, it's like basically this visceral thing. It wouldn't be like if somebody were flirting with my partner, sure. I wouldn't feel like, oh, no, he's interested. And you know what I mean? It's it's more, it's like, a, it's an animal, it's an animal instinct. That's mm-hmm. what I realized about the nature of what I guess I could call jealousy. Do you catch yourself and kind of like tith yourself and just go, like, no. That was bad. The bad reaction. I just sort of observe it. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I think it's kind of intrinsic for me. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural thing. I think when you are part of what is a default or a mainstream, like the 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 predominant ideology, or I call monogamy a default because just because I think most people default into it. Uh, yeah. because they didn't know there were other options. Yes. And it's, uh, I've always said, Hey, if you see and know all these options are valid and you still choose monogamy, God bless you. But right. like, you know, I said, I think most people choose, you know, they fall into monogamy and they don't choose. Right. It. But so when you, um, you know, identify as you do and then are researching and writing about this stuff, you know, is any part of you thinking like, could I, should I try? You know, I'll tell you. So like I've covered sex parties mm-hmm. as a journalist um, but, you know, as an uh, as a journalist, <laughs> no, but really like, you know, as, but, as opposed to me, a hobbyist, <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, and had to go to like multiple parties for one particular story that I did mm. um, and have, you Poor know, you. what? <laughs> right. You. I had to go. I had to go to all these fucking parties. And, and I and I, you know, covered this amazing poly wedding, like, you know, where it was just turned into an like a 24 hour sex party, like. You know, all of these things. And I just I feel so joyous when I'm around people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily look. Okay, so, so here's an example. And I think it was maybe 20, 2015. Um, I was 
doing this, working on the story and I was at this party and I was, you know, and it was going to be an, ex I was exploring my own experience there, right? Mm -hmm. So I could participate. I was covering it as a journalist, but there were no, there was no like, you know, I, I, you know, if I wanted to participate, I could participate. Sure. Your editor was like, you don't have to participate, but like, really please do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you feel like doing, do basically. And I was newly dating someone at the time. Mm -hmm. And had just seen him, I think, like the night before, two nights before I went to this party. And, and that was a, an affirmation of myself as a, as a serial monogamist because I went to the party and was being obviously, it's a sex party, hit on a lot, very in a lovely, polite way, yeah. like as people do at sex parties with like absolute consent and yeah. respect, nothing was wrong with it and approached by, you know, couples and, you know, and, and I, and I was like, you know what? I just, I, I, I was, I was just with my guy and I don't want to. <laughs> and, and that was like, you know, for me, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's really who I am. I'm not like, mm. I'm not telling myself a story like this is who I am. All right. Yeah. All right. How would you describe the eco-sexuality movement beyond the environmentalism? The kind of in, in regards to like what Annie Sprinkle. Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people know about that. Like I follow Annie. I follow you. But like I couldn't name five eco-sexuality educator people off the top of my head. There aren't a lot of I, I don't think that there are a lot of people who are really doing education around eco-sexuality mm. right now. Um, but we are getting a lot, we're getting interest from like, you know, documentarians um, like about, you know, the movement. So maybe there there will be more of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the movement is is still it's so young. I mean, it's like really barely 10 years old. So it's like still figuring out what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, if people want to learn more about what it is, I would suggest that they read um, Annie and Beth's book, mm -hmm. Assuming the Ecosexual Position, which just came out about a year ago. I think it came out last summer okay. um, where they talk about their work, uh, you know, performance art um, that they do around ecosexuality. For me, it's becoming more of a... Um, so I, I, you know, all of these years of um, sex writing, um, I eventually decide. I decided during the pandemic that I would get credentialed um, um, to become a, a certified clinical sexologist. That's what I'm. I'm finishing up right now, uh -huh. and this goes back to the whole thing about like you know people coming to me for advice. I was like, everybody is coming to me for advice, like. Even more than ever, I should really, you know, have some credentials to back this up sure. and not just be like the lady who knows a lot about sex because she wrote about it. Um, um, so I'm supposed to be who's like the dude who knows a lot about sex because he won't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but there is something to say about like those of us who are just super comfortable like with the subject. Like yeah. it's it's for people who aren't it's you know it's eye-opening right yeah. like it really it really can make them quite comfortable I it's think. really not a complicated subject if you don't feel so fucking weird about it yeah it's really the only thing i think that stands in most people's way right and i mean precisely and i think you know i think the fact that like people like us who are you know talk about it so casually and com comfortably yeah. make space for the people who feel so weird about it which is why this work is so important yeah and it's also why uh yelling penis in a park is so much fun uh <laughs> i'll never lose that game <laughs> but yeah so anyway so just to finish up um so you know in my work it's starting to become a tool that i can use mm -hmm 
potentially with clients, um, taking them on like sort of sense journeys that are mm-hmm. eco-sex focused, um, you know, to help, you know, like, like, uh, Masters and Johnson sensate therapy, okay. that kind of thing. But like people doing that on their own solo outside. What does that look like? It looks like, you know, it depends on what your environment is. But like if you're, you know, if you live near a beach, you go and like sit and feel your feet in the sand or lie on the sand or, you know, it's and you go through, you take a journey through your five senses, you know, like you, you and you sit with each one of them. And you could, mm. you could do this, you know, on the on the Hudson River, like on the pier there, like if that's what you have access to. Okay. Um, you know, and I have I've created ways for people to even do this, like in the dead of winter, if they're at home and they're like quarantined, because I started thinking about this during the yeah. pandemic, gathering materials when the weather is better. So you have them in your home. Well, like gathering like twigs and stuff. I mean, like literally like soil, you know, sand from the beach. Um, yeah, stuff like that. And what do, what do they do with these things it could be as simple as like you know if you're going on one of these sense journeys okay um like if you have a box of soil you put your hand in the soil or if it's big enough like you can stand in it Mm. um like you know like japanese earthing um which is it do you know what that is it's like it's a whole it's amazing it's a um it's basically like standing um outside and connecting to the earth through your feet that's the simple version of it okay um and feeling like you know the the vibrations of the of the earth itself coming up through your body and mm. healing you. And how do you how do you tie something like that into like someone's sexuality specifically? Well, the journey that I developed, um, you you know, you first go through all of your senses, you know, without adding the element of sexuality at all. Uh-huh. And then you go through it again and you add like, you know, bring this energy to your pelvis uh-huh. and see how that feels. Like, you know, there are various ways to do it, but it's kind of like uh-huh. that. Notice if like standing by this tree and putting your hand on the hand on the bark of the tree, if you feel titillated or turned on by that in some way. Okay. Yeah. Is there something about nature that titillates you? Yeah. What? Fuck yeah. Yeah. F- f- fucking what? I mean, the, the, for, for the, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's the beach. I grew up on mm. Long Island by the beach. I thank God because the only decent thing about Long Island, um, <laughs> the only reason it's it's an okay place to live. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, you know, like I, for me, it's just like my feet in the ocean, closing my eyes and just being there, you know, like I feel it in my entire body, like right. not just like, I, I allow it to come up from my feet, right. uh, you know, and just sort of like rise up through my entire body, through all my chakras, you know, to my pinkies and like, you know, above my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel connected to the entire world when I'm doing that. That's pretty like powerful. Like the whole fucking universe. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. <laughs> Do you have a similar stance on sex on the beach or is sex on the beach very different from like feeling be- <laughs> connected to the beach? Sex on the beach <laughs> is a very complicated thing because of sand. Yeah. <laughs> can be extremely uncomfortable. That's why, that's what stuck out to me. You was like the sand, but I'm like, oh, sand and sex seems yeah. like they normally go together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I haven't done that in a very long time. I, I don't think I've ever, I've never had sex on a beach and I'm like, I'm, it's one of those like few public sex things I feel like everyone talks about, but I'm like, I'm okay if like I've never done it. Yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, I think that you would probably have to take a break after that, you know, for several weeks because there would be erosion. I just, I like, <laughs> and I don't even think it would be that bad for me. I just think of the pain of like getting sand in a vagina I don't have. And yeah. it just sounds painful. Yeah. 
So I'm yeah. like, no, no thanks. It's, it's not a fun situation at all. <laughs> None of that. No thanks. No. Um, well, um, Stephanie, is there anything else like a... Um, just before we go, like on a consumer level, just I want to make sure we didn't miss anything. Is there anything else like people definitely should like leave this podcast and be like, that's a behavioral change I can do for our environment and for my body? Yeah, um, I would say, um, you know, I mean, I have a couple of pieces about this. So like, I mean, there's a lot of detail that I probably couldn't go through, you uh, know, like even in, like, I'll in link, a minute I'll to link wrap in the up. show notes. What? I'll link in the show notes. Yeah, so they can be yeah, further. yeah, yeah. I have a couple of pieces that I've written specifically about, like you know, how to decide, you know, if you want to get only sustainable sex toys going forward, mm. how do you decide? What are the complications? You know, before you make that decision. So that's definitely one way. I think that that's important. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I love one of the things that happened during the pandemic as well is like sex toy sales like shot up, and still. Right. Like, I mean, really, there's like the market for sex toys is is something else. There's also something about seeing where this country's going that makes you go like, I don't think I need people. <laughs> yeah. You go like, you know, too. a little fed up, especially y'all be like, men starting to get fed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, right? I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think one thing that's happening. I used to hear a lot about like men being jealous of women's sex toys. I'm like, I think that they're starting to get it more now mm. and feel like, oh, that's OK. That's not competition for me yeah. um, in relationships. Um, yeah, so that's an important, that's an important thing because they're, you know, as this market kind of floods and more and more people are making toys, it's important to make good decisions about what you buy and who you support. And the lube thing as well. I mean, I think those are probably the two key things, um, you know, that we can do as consumers. Um, I mean, you know, you can also choose to like buy bamboo bed sheets, you know, like there's a whole, there's a whole litany, like, you know, the whole, my book is like soup to nuts, like, yeah. you know, courtship to consummation, all the different things you can do. No, it Choosing, seems like, like makeup <laughs> and, you know, and, and the clothing that you wear, you know, like anything that, you know, you're doing to arouse the, you know, the, a potential yeah. partner, making sure that's environmentally friendly also. Yeah. And it sounds like your your book is like like the go to book to go to if I want to go you know learn more about ecosexuality and and uh, be more environmentally friendly with my my fuck life. Yeah. Some <laughs> wait when we talking we were talking about the whole like um, recycling sex toy stuff. I did, and I don't know. I, I'm curious your thought on this. I had on last year someone who owns a sex toy shop out in the Bay Area. Uh huh. Which and, one? Uh, Fillmore. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, and Nena they. They will take if people can bring their old sex toys and they'll like clean them and resell them used. Resell How do you them. feel about feel about reselling hmm. used sex toys? I mean, I think if would you buy? A I used personally sex would toy? not buy one. <laughs> However, I'm not the right person to ask because, as I said, I have a closet full of like you know unopened boxes sure. of sex toys that but I've you can been put yourself in that gifted. space and think um, like. Would, I wouldn't because it feels very grimy. I don't care how much you cleaned it. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that I would. I don't okay. think that I would. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I. What I would do is, as I said before, you know, I would make sure any new toy that I would buy would be, you know, top quality, long lasting, um, you know, um, you know, rechargeable. Uh, you know, that I would. I would not feel like I needed another to buy another one for a long time, sure. unless I needed a completely different kind of stimulation. You know, okay. and then I would go through the the whole process again to buy that other, you know, they would each serve a purpose. Absolutely. But I'll say this, if the proprietors of a good Bay Area sex shop are doing this, 
they know better than I do. Okay. I'm just the eco-sex lady. You know, like they sell sex toys. Hmm. So I would trust them and, and, and that they would, like if you're going to buy a refurbished iPhone, right? Like I guess it's okay to do that. But Stephanie, this was great. Um, where can people go to find uh, more of you and your work yeah. and get your book, which is uh, Eco Sex, Go Green Between the Sheets and Make Your Love Life Sustainable? Yeah. Um, so the book came out a good 10, 12 years ago now, uh, forever ago. You have also a lot of books, not even just about ecosexuality. Yeah, yeah, I've written nine books. Yeah. I'm also an astrologer, which we didn't even touch on. I write like, you know, I mean, 11 sex horoscopes. If you want to talk another 10 minutes about that, we could do a little bonus episode. I don't know sure. All right. Why Patreon not? Patreon people to hear that tomorrow. Okay. Um, but for now, you know, where can people find you? Uh, so my website is stephanieirisweiss.com. It's a mouthful. Um, and Stephanie is spelled with an F, not a PH. So everybody's always confused. So S is in Sam, <laughs> T is in Tom, E, F is in Fran, A N I E, Iris like the flower, W E I Sam Sam dot com. Uh, that's my site. Um, that's the same handle on Instagram. My Twitter is Ecosexuality. And those are the places to find me right now. Um, and I'm much more active on Twitter than I am anywhere else. I just started a TikTok. It's embarrassing because oh, it's like there are it. three little like crappy videos on there. Um, but that's also Stephanie Iris Weiss. If you want to go there and like make fun of me, please feel <laughs> free. <laughs> Be nice. Thank you for uh, for inviting me to Spark. I didn't even know that Spark was here. So it's nice to know that this is here. I feel like this is going to like be very key on a date sometime for oh, me. Oh, yeah. I'm it's gonna, a great and I'm going to know this. I'm going to look fucking awesome. Oh, my God. You yeah. will be a winner. When you could pull like a small little park like this out of your back pocket, they're like... Oh, it's like a take... secret park. Yeah. They're like, you must be cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's affiliated with the church, by the way. Mm -hmm. So... Even better. Yeah, it's like knowing <laughs> that uh, the, it's like knowing that tiny park up in the Upper West Side. That's like it's literally like a block. It's an empty building corridor, and they just turned it into a park. It's technically the smallest park in New York Where City. Where is that? I don't know. That. Uh, it's up in the West Seventies. I'd have Ooh. to look it up. But it's like okay. this tiny little. It's like it's 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 like this strip. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Very fun. All right. Well, Patreon people, we're going to talk a little about astrology. Uh, but for now, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Before you go, okay, before you go, hang tight real quick. Do you got a second? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease some of the bonus episode. I'm going to tease some astrology sex stuff at the end of this little part right here. If you just, if you just hang tight, you don't got to go nowhere just yet. What are you, in a rush? Before you go, I would love to know what you thought about this week's episode. And so would your fellow fan whores. Join us in the Champagne Room. Pop by the episode discussion channel. Let us know what you thought about Stephanie. Let us know what you thought about uh, Monkey Box and Good Luck Leo Grand. Hey, let us know what you think about the topics of ecosexuality, marrying fire, and how we can uh, be a little bit more environmentally conscious when we're trying to get off. Introduce yourself in the Champagne Room today and share your thoughts at manwhorepod.com slash discord. And if you want to send something to me directly, maybe you have a whole lot of thoughts. Maybe you need some advice. Maybe you got a question. You can send any and all of that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. And, uh, and I am posting again on the flans, on the monly mans, on the Pelosi fans. I know not all of you are 
are. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, I am posting up there again. Oh God, I just posted a great video coming on my own face. Mmm, the splash is refreshing. It's like going to the beach, but staying at home. Both are just as salty. Uh, but I am, I am posting content up over there, and you can check that stuff out at OnlyFans.com slash CallMeBilly. Oh, I gotta start doing yoga again. My back is fucked up. Ever since the break of a wallet note lady, I've like fallen off my yoga game. So much so that I feel like like my booty's popping too much, like scoliosis style. And I feel like I'm losing an inch, inch and a half on my height. Someone was like, you're 5'10". I was like, yeah, I'm 5'10". And then, and then I had to like tuck my ass in and roll my shoulders back and pick my head up. And then she was like, oh, okay, I see it now. I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. We got to get things back in alignment. I don't know why I have a need to tell you all that, but that's just what I'm feeling in my body as I walk naked around. Well, I'm not naked in my room. I'm, I'm wearing moccasins, but otherwise. Ooh, okay, I got to get this body right and body tight. Folks, I'm, I'm going to play a little teaser of my bonus episode with Stephanie. It's coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. All of my $5 and up members will have access to it at patreon.com slash Podcast. Enjoy this little extra bit with me and Stephanie Weiss. Stay home if you're feeling a little sick. That headache could be the pox. But if you're feeling good and you don't have any sort of weird sores going on and your body ain't aching, stay slutty. And, and what's going on with Gemini's right now? What's going on with Gemini's what's right now? On? Oh, shit. You guys have something coming up. Mars, the planet of passion mm-hmm. and energy and sort of like pure animal instinct. That's Mars. Is moving into Gemini. Oh, God. At about a little under six weeks. But uh, Mars is going to be... So Mars spends typically six weeks in each sign and then moves on to the next one. But Mars is going to be retrograding. You hear about Mercury retrograde all the time. Mars will be retrograding in Gemini a couple of months later. So it's going to end up spending like more than six months in Gemini, an extra long time giving Gemini all of those things that I mentioned before. So like, you know, passion, animal kind of drive uh, uh which can be a little bit it can be a little exhausting is it know? a little more sex center is that love can, center yes. can it be love mars um, is really more sex than love oh okay oh, damn. i mean like okay fine yeah um, sorry so it's okay no there's a there's a one but it's uh it's fine <laughs>